Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. Friday. Good Friday. It has been branded a day of hope here on Super Talk Mississippi. Got started at 6 o'clock this morning with the Paul Gallo Show. Uh, you have heard from religious leaders and business leaders throughout the state of Mississippi talking about some of the good things that are happening in communities and statewide and across our country. We're going to try and kind of continue that trend. It's going to feel a little bit different because this show is a little bit different than uh, the rest of what happens on uh, on Super Talk Mississippi. But we do want uh, this to be a, a day of uh, of good of fun, of some lightheartedness. Uh, We uh, appreciate uh, you being with us this afternoon. Sports Talk has the C Spire text line. If you want to connect with us, you can do so at any point throughout the show. The number is 601-879-4395. C Spire is not just saying they care during this difficult time in the state of Mississippi. They are doing something about it. They're taking action to show it through COVID-19 and every day from free wireless data for educational websites to connecting uh, businesses with the tools to work from home. You can learn more online at cspire.com slash cares. And with that, good afternoon, everybody. Borky, what's up? It's Friday, isn't it? It is Friday. It is Good Friday. Yes. Yes. Uh, we made it, even though it doesn't feel like it at all. Uh, real quick, just a public service announcement. I know everybody's looking forward to it. A different Easter, but Easter nonetheless. Uh, Sunday is going to be a pretty brutal weather day, basically across the state. So uh, just keep that in mind. I saw a, a graphic, a weather graphic that said we there is a high likelihood of tornadoes uh, long trail tornadoes as well throughout the state. So just keep that in mind as you make your plans this weekend. Yeah, in terms of following on Twitter, really the best thing that you can do to keep up with updates is to use the hashtag MSWX, which is an abbreviation for Mississippi Weather, MSWX. And if you just do kind of a, a, a Twitter search for that, then you can keep up with all of the updates that are coming from the National Weather Service, uh, from local uh, news stations, and uh, any updates that we uh, we send to you from either Super Talk Mississippi or News Mississippi. So we'll do our best to keep you up to date, and uh, that's really the best way. Uh, would you agree, Borky, that's the best way to kind of keep up with all the weather updates that are coming through? Oh, yeah, and everybody that covers the weather uses it as well, so you're getting it from all angles. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of the hashtag that you're looking for, MSWX. And yeah, not a not a great forecast for Easter Sunday, uh, so uh, you may want to make some preparations for that. Hey, Dad, happy Good Friday. What's up, my friend? Not a whole lot today. I've been taking it easy. There you go. Rippy, you doing okay? Pretty good. All Pretty right. good. Glad, every, glad everybody's doing well this afternoon. We... Um, Here's what we've got coming up for you this afternoon. We are, we're going to do a couple of things that are a little bit different. In the 4 o'clock hour, we are going to be joined by David DeLucci, former Ole Miss outfielder, played 14 years in the big leagues, and we'll talk a little bit of baseball with him. But uh, primarily, we're going to talk 
the great outdoors. David is an avid outdoorsman. He is a pretty exceptional turkey hunter, loves to fish. So we'll talk some uh, some basics on turkey hunting. Maybe you've been toying with the idea of going turkey hunting, but you've never quite done it. Maybe it's a little intimidating to you. We'll, we'll get David to do turkey hunting for dummies. Uh, and we'll uh, try and kind of go through maybe like beginner steps in how to get into turkey hunting. And uh, we'll talk some fishing as well with him. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, Borky, this is your idea, and I think it's a really, really good one, and I've already decided what my first question is going to be. We are going to be joined by Buddy Slovic, who, if you listen to Super Talk Mississippi on Saturdays, follows the Garden Mama. So Garden Mama is on, what, 8 to 10, is that right? right, on Saturday mornings? And then after that, from 10 until noon... You get the Rock and Roll Handyman Show with uh, Buddy Slovic. And um, so if you've got questions about home improvement projects, uh, you know, little things, maybe even big things that you're working on around the house, you can shoot those to us on the C Spire text line. We'll ask them to Buddy, and we'll have a conversation on what we can do to be productive around the house. You know what my question is going to be, Borky? What is it? I got some major pressure washing that's got to happen. And I want to know what the exact bleach mixture is that I need to be going with into like my pump sprayer to kind of spray onto the house and uh-huh. the areas that need b- before I hit it with the pressure washer. It's a good place Surely to start. I would think he would know the answer to that. Oh, yeah. And uh, if there's anything in particular that we uh, need to be concerned about uh, also. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. We're going to take a quick timeout. And then we will continue with you on this Friday. It's a day of hope on Super Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. We certainly have got some news to get to this afternoon. There is, it looks like, direction for the Mississippi State women's basketball program. We're going to talk about that. There is... Another apparent departure from the Mississippi State men's basketball program. We'll get to that. Drew Brees apparently is not going to work for ESPN on Monday Night Football, according to a story that has just come out from the New York Post that was written by Andrew Marchand. We'll get into that in just a bit as well. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Ceasefire. Text line is open, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. So, hey, Dad, let's start with the Mississippi State women's basketball news. What do you know? What is true? What is accurate? What is going to happen? Uh, the only thing that's true right now is that uh, we don't know anything. Nothing has been made official by Mississippi State. If you want to believe Wikipedia, they have they have a new coach. But right now, there's a, I mean, there's a ton of smoke. And there's probably enough smoke to say there's a fire, but uh, there's nothing happening. We do know that the uh, MSU Athletics uh, plane was at the airport today. It left. It has now come back. Beyond that, we don't know who was on the plane or anything of that nature. But it appears at this time that Nikki McCray Penson, who is the head coach at Old Dominion, is going to be the new women's basketball coach uh, at Mississippi State. Wait a minute. Aren't, Aren't her friends congratulating her on the Internet? They are. But nothing is official for Mississippi State yet. What's with the paranoia? Well, you know, it, it, it runs deep, and into your mind it will creep. Uh, it just They just haven't announced anything yet. Seems silly. 
Well, okay. I don't know what to tell you. Man. We probably should get Joel on the phone out there and tell him to chase the airplane down, you know? I told him to jump the fence. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Good Lord. I can't jump the fence at an airport with my ethnic background. It'd be a bad idea. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I can make that joke, though. You You can. Nobody else can. Um, That's right. There is a story from Ben Portnoy at the uh, Com- Columbus, uh, at the Commercial Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Um, covers Mississippi State there, and he says a deal has yet to be officially agreed upon. Uh, right. The words in his story following Vic Schaefer's departure to Texas on April fifth, Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen is seemingly set to hire Old Dominion's Nikki McCray Pinson as the new head women's basketball coach in Starkville. Uh, Nikki McCray uh, at the time, now McCray Pinson, was a standout under Pat Summit at Tennessee. She spent 11 years playing professionally, was a three-time WNBA All-Star and a two-time Olympic medalist, finished her uh, pro career with over 2,500 points. Um, She was on Dawn Staley's half. Uh, staff at South Carolina after initially working as an assistant coach at Western Kentucky from 2006 until 2008. She spent 10 years on staff at South Carolina, helping South Carolina to four SEC regular season titles, three conference tournament championships, and the national title in 2017. From there, she went to Old Dominion, has a record of 53-40 and in three seasons, including back-to-back 20-win uh, campaigns. Um, Sounds so, like a good resume on paper. Hey, nothing yeah. official, easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that because uh, Haydad was going to battle with some people on Twitter that aren't satisfied oh with gosh. that resume. Yeah. Why? If this if this turns out to indeed be true and is made official by Mississippi State, is this a good hire? Yeah, on paper it is. You know, well, you know, we'll have to see what happens when the when the games are, are going on. But this is a person who has been on staff with probably the best program in the country in South Carolina. Uh, was sort of the right hand woman for for Don Staley. Had a huge role in recruiting all all of their top players, including Asia Wilson. Uh, then went to Old Dominion, and within two years had that program from an eight and twenty three season to a you know they were twenty and three when everything shut down this year, and we're probably headed to the uh, NCAA tournament for the first time in over a decade. Um, and like I said, and you list all her playing credentials, so that's something you know. I consider that a positive. Uh, and she's worked with Team USA Basketball the past few seasons as an assistant coach. So that means she's been uh, dealing with players like Rakia Jackson and players like Madison Hayes, who are, who's Mississippi State's five-star signee this year. So everything on paper looks like it's a very solid hire for Mississippi State. I, th- I believe State interviewed Louisville's Jeff Walls. Uh, they made him an offer. He decided to refuse it. This was the, This was their clear number two option. And it looks like everything's falling into place for that. Would be interested to know, or will be interested to know, what kind of a um, compensation package uh, will exist for uh, Nikki McCray Pinson. She was making uh, reportedly two hundred thousand dollars in base salary at Old Dominion. Certainly, is uh, you, you feel confident in saying she will be making significantly more money than that? Um, at at Mississippi State. Will it be in the neighborhood of the $2 million that uh, Mississippi State was slated to pay uh, Vic Schaefer if he had stayed? 
uh, to be the head basketball coach at Mississippi State. My guess is that no, it won't be anywhere approaching that number, especially when you hire somebody uh, that has only three years of head coaching experience and uh, none at the SEC level. So my guess is it is a significantly different compensation level uh, than Vic Schaefer had and that it might would have required to bring in somebody like Jeff Walls from Louisville. Um, but still, um, maybe there's some value here. Maybe this is uh, in addition to being what looks on paper like a quality hire, uh, it could be a value hire as well. What's interesting about her for me is you know, you look at her resume and think, well, she hasn't been coaching that long, but she's because she was a pro athlete. You know, it's, she didn't go straight from college into the coaching sure. ranks. She has the, the resume of somebody who should be in their mid thirties, but she's in her late forties because she she played in the WNBA for so long. So, but that said, I mean, to have been on South Carolina staff through their glory years, which are still going on, obviously, and then to have turned it around so quickly at Old Dominion, it, it lets you know that she has an idea of what she's doing. Yeah, and what? I mean, basically 15 years of coaching experience, just three years of that, though, as a head coach. Right. Exactly. So um, so that is a big deal and an evolving story at Mississippi State. Uh, as Haydad pointed out, we do not have an official press release. Mississippi State has not officially announced that yet. Uh, Brian Scott Rippey points to that being ridiculous, that uh, we're pretending that it's only a partial thing. They should wage a war with the newspaper and delay the hire three weeks because it was reported on too early. I know that's never happened before. <laughs> you seem bitter, yeah. Rippy. You're bringing the heat. More, you you, you weren't even a, dealing with that, man. More, that was that was all me. It's more just amusing. Fair poor, poor Joel waited out there to, to see this airplane come in and get footage of whoever getting off, and they hid the plane in a hangar so he could. The best see part it. about it for me, for Joel, he doesn't even cover women's basketball. He doesn't cover that for his paper. So he's just out there just trying to do something, and he couldn't get it done because they're turning the plane weird angles. All right, so that's on the women's basketball front at Mississippi State. More news on the men's basketball front. Uh, A week or so ago, you got the news that Reggie Perry was headed to the NBA draft and was not returning to Mississippi State. Uh, Earlier this week, you get the news that Robert Woodard II is headed to the NBA He has not yet at this point hired an agent, but made it clear in his statement that he had no intention of returning, that this was not a testing the waters thing. It was his intention to go pro. And now you get the same news from Nick Weatherspoon, who says that he will not be returning to college next season. Nick Weatherspoon uh, headed to uh, either test the draft waters of the NBA or play internationally, it sounds like. this is uh, another fairly significant blow, hey Dad, for Mississippi State basketball. Say what you want to about Nick Weatherspoon, but when he was playing well, he was a huge impact player for Mississippi State. Yeah, right now Mississippi State basketball for next season is, is not looking like it's in a very good place uh, with just DJ Stewart and, and uh, Abdul Adu coming, coming back as guys who made any kind of significant contribution with Iverson Molinar sort of on that, that radar. Uh, State is going to have to dip deep into the transfer portal, it looks at this point. I mean, maybe three or four different guys. And the odds of getting four quality contributors like that seem very low to me. So I'm not sure what the uh, the future holds for Ben Hallen at this point. That's that, this, this is a big blow. These last two days have been big blows for Mississippi State uh, for the basketball program. And as far as Weatherspoon goes, I mean, 
I know, again, MSU never made anything official because they couldn't due to, due to some federal laws, but we can, all, we can all just put two and two together and know that Nick Weatherspoon was suspended because he was involved in the academic improprieties that got the football players suspended as well. There was one basketball player suspended. He's the only one who's been suspended. I, I feel like I can do simple math. Um, so it never made sense for me to, for him to come back for his senior year. Like He obviously you know, wasn't much for school. Why not just move on and, and go on? That said, I don't think he'll be an NBA player, but maybe a guy who can make a, a very comfortable living across the ocean. I think he's got the game for that. How much of his decision do you think was based on the fact that Perry and Woodard both left? I don't know that it had a huge part in it, but I'm sure it played some part because he, he knew that the team wasn't going to be as good as it was going. It could have been. If those guys were coming back, maybe he wants to stay and make a run for, a, for an SEC championship. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. We know that Drew Brees is going to play football for the Saints this year if there is an NFL season. We don't know after this year, but we know eventually he's going to be on television. We'll tell you where when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. But it's July. Glad to be with you on a day of hope on Super Talk Mississippi. Hope you were able to uh, tune in earlier today around 10 o'clock this morning when JT Williamson joined the show that is named after him. He has uh, been out for a significant amount of time and uh, really was great to hear from JT, some powerful stuff from him. Uh, If you've not heard JT's story in its entirety, it's one that uh, I hope we can bring to you as well because uh, I know there's a lot of overlap in the audiences uh, between shows, but also... um, uh, some uniqueness in each audience, and uh, pretty uh, pretty captivating listening to JT uh, tell his story um, earlier today. You know, JT made the announcement on the air that uh, he was battling lymphoma, uh, so he was getting set to begin his cancer treatments. When um, unrelated, he had a pulmonary embolism. He had uh, a blood clot that passed, or multiple blood clots that passed through his lungs. Uh, he shared, and he said a lot of people didn't know this already, that he coded five times while he was in the emergency room when he was initially taken in. I, I think that was on a Friday night. Uh, I may be off on the day, uh, but when he initially went to the emergency room, he had to be resuscitated five different times uh, in the ER. Uh, he was immediately put into ICU, uh, was told that uh, the doctors and the nurses believed each night when he went to sleep, that he would not make it through the night. While he was on a ventilator, he not only made it through the night, but uh, is continuing to recover, is trying to fight lymphoma in addition to uh, getting his voice back and getting his strength back and getting all of his faculties back and uh, uh, has plans to be back on the radio uh, with all of you very soon. So it was certainly an uplifting uh, conversation to uh, get to hear JT on his own radio show uh, for most of the 10 o'clock hour today. If you missed that, you can always go back and listen online at uh, supertalk.fm in the on-demand section. And you can follow us as well. A lot of different ways you can do that. If you're trying to figure out the best way to listen or watch uh, any of the programs, but specifically Sports Talk Mississippi on Supertalk, then go to the website supertalk.fm slash connect. And that will show you how you can get connected on Roku or Amazon Fire TV or how you can watch online at supertalktv.com. 
uh, how you can follow the Periscope feed on Twitter. Uh, we're trying to make it as easy and painless and as many different places as possible for you to be able to consume Sports Talk Mississippi. Really appreciate uh, Will East and Houston McDavid. A uh, lot of work that has gone in this week to get uh, all of the video streams up and uh, up and rolling. Uh, we do want to hear from you this afternoon. And uh, to borrow the show title from Rebecca, we'd love to hear about some of the good things that are happening for you, for your family, in your community, that, uh, that you see when you look out in a, an otherwise difficult time. Uh, we have uh, branded today on Super Talk Mississippi a day of hope. We had a statewide prayer with uh, the Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, at lunchtime today. And I uh, want to share some of the, uh, the good stories that are going on as well. So if we can borrow Rebecca's good things, we will uh, share some of those throughout the course of the afternoon. David DeLucci is going to join us at 4.30 on the Farm Bureau phone line. Don't forget, you can check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, and also the rock and roll handyman. Buddy Slovic will join us today in the 5 o'clock hour with answers to your questions about home improvement projects. Andrew Marchand at the New York Post at uh, about 10 minutes after 3 this afternoon tweeted a story that said Drew Brees is signing with NBC Sports over ESPN in a move that will make him a fixture on NFL telecasts after he finishes playing. So the details of this are NBC wants to groom him to be a potential replacement for Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football following the 2022 Super Bowl Mike Tirico is going to take over as the play-by-play broadcaster uh, for Al Michaels. We don't know if Collinsworth is going to step away at that point or if it will be a little bit farther down the line. So, Borky, let's assume that Drew Brees plays this year and then doesn't play another season. He's going to start out as a game analyst for Notre Dame football on NBC and will be used as a studio analyst for Football Night in America, which is the pregame lead-in to, uh, to Sunday Night Football. Um, I guess thoughts first. Do you like the idea of Drew Brees going to NBC? I, I'm surprised by it a little bit. Um, but uh, this, I think, Sean Payton's air quotes slip up, and now him signing TV deals tells me that he yeah. he's not playing two years. I would agree with that. Sounds like this is it for Drew Brees with the uh, the New Orleans Saints. My and question is: leaves... Is ESPN toxic or something? I mean, why would you? want to do Notre Dame games on Saturday and then studio analyst on Sunday when presumptively you were offered Monday Night Football on ESPN. I just wonder if it's more about the uncertainty that goes along with that. It's a known quantity. You get the best or one of the best games of the week every single week when you're at NBC and you know that you're going to get to call a Super Bowl. Whereas... ESPN is trying to put themselves in a position to ultimately get to that point, but they haven't gotten there yet. Maybe like a bird in hand versus bird in the bush thing. Sports Talk Mississippi. Four o'clock hour with you. Friday afternoon, 10th of April. This is Good Friday. This is a day of hope on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Send us what you're hopeful about. What do you have to be thankful for today? What's the good story that has kind of captured your mind, captured your heart in the last few days or the last couple of weeks in a time that certainly is difficult 
for everyone. Some of those are coming in throughout the uh, throughout the show today. Michael in Tupelo says, my daughter is coming out of 14 days of isolation this weekend. So, Michael, congratulations. What a fantastic uh, weekend and uh, fantastic Easter present that is for you and for your family. Michael says she was not infected but had a co-worker that had to be tested, so doctors felt that it was best to isolate for two weeks as a precautionary measure. She's a senior in high school this year, uh, so it's been an eventful second semester for her. He says, I haven't gotten to see her since she's been isolated with her mom. I know it's minor compared to some, but she's my baby girl, and as a parent, you worry. That's the good stuff that we're talking about on uh, on a day like this when we highlight a day of hope on Good Friday and we roll into the Easter weekend. You want to be part of the show, you can do so on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. C Spire, so incredibly involved in what's going on in the Mississippi's recovery uh, from COVID-19. At C Spire, they're not just saying they care, they're taking action to show it through COVID-19 and every day. From free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home. Learn more at cspire.com slash cspirecares. Let's go back to the Drew Brees story just for a second uh, and kind of what it means for ESPN. Borky, you said it was a little surprising to you. Uh, Hey, Dad, as a, a Saints fan, as somebody that would like to see Drew Brees hang around for as long as possible, um, the idea that it looks like it's just going to be one more year is that a surprise to you at all? No, no. I mean, I feel he obviously is coming towards the end here, just in terms of age. Um, I would have liked to have seen if that was, if knowing that was going to be the case, the Saints maybe try to make a play to keep Bridgewater a little longer. I don't know how they would have done it. I just, as a fan, that's what I would have liked because um, I don't, I don't think Taysom Hill is the answer there long term. But I'm not overly surprised that this might be it for Breeze now. Yeah. Rippy, the uh, the piece of this where he goes from ESPN is interested in him to gonna settle in place with NBC and almost have like I don't know if an apprenticeship is the way to describe it. It's like NBC says we're not a hundred percent certain that rolling you straight into the Sunday night football booth is the way to go, but we are going to put you on Notre Dame football. We're going to put you in the studio, and we're going to groom you for ultimately going to that. Does that make sense? I guess so. I mean, I don't really see the harm in it, but it's pretty smart, right? Especially because you've seen what ESPN did by throwing people that weren't ready into a major booth and the disaster that followed. I mean, Notre Dame's important. It is. But uh, college football on NBC is the only network that saw a decline in viewership last year. Every other network saw an increase. ESPN, ABC, Fox, Fox Sports 1, all of them, except for Notre Dame football, increased in viewership last year. So, yes, it's important, but you can experiment with a guy and it not matter near as much as that game the next night. So... I think it makes all the sense in the world to try him out because what if he's Booger and Witten? And what if he's just not good? At least you get to find out when Notre Dame's playing Central Michigan versus when it's Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks going back to New England on a Sunday night. Yeah, I agree. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it's wise to not just assume that every former quarterback you throw in the booth is going to be Tony Romo. 
And in fact, I think there's really only one other guy on the planet that you could expect to be Tony Romo-esque if you threw them into the booth, and he said, no thanks, I'm not interested. And that's Peyton Manning. He's the only other guy that's out there that I can think of that you can just say, we realize you've never done this before, it's okay, we are confident that you are going to be great from day one, go get him. Anyway, agree there. It's just what, yeah. what do you make of ESPN though? I, that's the next layer. Is I mean Monday Night Football. I guess uh, most people would agree with this. It just doesn't feel like it used to. I remember watching the Saints Falcons game the other day, and I started singing the Monday Night Football song. I was like, Katie, telling talking to my wife, you don't understand. Monday Night Football was like a holiday. I didn't miss a Monday Night game ever. It was like the thing to do, and now it just doesn't feel that way anymore. Sunday seems to have overtaken it. And now ESPN has swung and missed on, I mean, basically everybody so far. What do they do now for Monday night? And the the prospect of Chris Fowler slipping into that role, it gets more and more attractive to me. Yeah. Um, you had almost forgotten, unless you went back and watched from the very beginning, how big a deal Hank Williams Jr. and all his rowdy friends were. <laughs> Mike Tirico did the the stoic open with all the pictures and they kind of tee up the game and they have the national anthem and then they say we're going to take a timeout and when we come back Hank Jr. and all his rowdy friends will get us ready for Monday Night Football and then you got the big Hank Williams Jr. you know the, the Monday Night Football theme how, how and then it went away again? for a little while because Hank probably said some things that were socially unacceptable Yes, he did. No, he did. But they for sure. They've kind of brought him back though, right? I think so. I Everything. found a video right here 2019, yeah. The start of but, last season, Hank Williams led them into the game that you were at, Houston at New Orleans. That was at yeah, the I didn't get to watch that one on television. Well, they brought him back temporarily at the end of the skipper thing as to the like, see we haven't moved far left. Here's Hank Williams. He's back. <laughs> was that yeah. was kind of one of those but it doesn't quite feel like it used to with are you ready for some football. Uh, Borky, I mean, your bigger question about you know ESPN, what do they do, where do they go, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like there is uh, some, some internal rallying behind Steve Levy. Uh, Dan Orlovsky has impressed a lot of people, uh, and his role has grown on Get Up. I think he's good. I think he's a really good analyst. But he's not a big name. I mean, he played in the NFL. He was a good college football player, but he's not a big name. Not at all. Hey, Dad, you look like you wanted to chime in on that, or or you were amused by the idea of Steve Levy and Dan Orlovsky. No, no, I'm not amused by it. It goes back to what I, I said the other day, though, that I am just not that up in arms about who the announcer is, as long as they're competent. We're fine. The problem is when you have a Booger McFarlane who's just not good. And and God bless him. He's a really good college football analyst, but this is not his cup of tea. And so when they're bad, it's noticeable. But if you just get two relatively good guys, they're, they're, they're just background noise for the, for the game at that point. Yeah. 
A couple of other names that uh, were thrown out for ESPN and uh, perhaps their Monday Night Football booth, Adam Amin, Dave Pash, and Bob Wischusen. You know, the interesting thing about that is all three of those guys, I think, have contracts that expire this summer at ESPN. And so and there's a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people at ESPN right now because of the unknown and this summer is the time when they should be negotiating new contracts and getting ready to go into you know the new three-year deal or the new four-year deal, but nobody wants to know. And how does ESPN negotiate those deals right now? And when you think about it, there's a little bit of a trickle-down effect, right? I mean, you got to take care of Monday Night Football first, and then you go to your top-tier college announcers next, and then you kind of work your way down to all of the other people who have contracts that have to be figured out and assignments made and all of those things I don't know, you know, Bob Wischusen is the radio play-by-play announcer for the New York Jets. Dave Pash is the radio play-by-play announcer for the Arizona Cardinals. So both of those guys have NFL experience, but it's NFL radio experience, not TV experience. They obviously have lots of other television experience. And the general feeling is that Adam Amin is about to leave ESPN. So, what? That's just interesting. I mean, it it feels like they're losing people, doesn't it? And it's not like they don't. I mean, they're still going to have well, college I football, mean, and they're about to get college football from CBS. And I mean, they have. A I'm billion all for them losing NBA people, Borky. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hope they keep losing people. If we're being honest, um, except for one. But they have a billion-dollar NBA contract. They they're getting. I mean, the college football game that matters in. I'm surprised people aren't sticking around for these kind of opportunities. It's odd to me. Well, I mean, I don't think you're going to see a ton of movement. I think most of those guys are going to re-sign. But, I mean, um, there's a lot of discussion within the industry about uh, because of some other movement that's going to happen at Fox, um, that that could be a a landing spot for one of those guys. And I I think there's some other career ambitions that are there as, uh, as well. So... We'll see where all of that goes. Sports Talk Mississippi, 601-879-4395. That's the number for the C Spire text line. Take a quick time out. I'll be right back with you. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. We're going to try and have some fun with a buddy of ours who we've not talked to in quite some time. Let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. David DeLucci, who is a uh, former All-American baseball player at Ole Miss, long Major League Baseball career with a bunch of different teams, uh, co-host of Rally Cap on the SEC Network. Back when we had a college baseball season, you would have seen him on Sunday nights and uh, college baseball analyst with ESPN as well. What's up, my friend? Well, you called me a, an hour early, and so I, I'm in the woods. I got a turkey answering me right now, so if I put you on hold, uh, it's because he's he's closing the distance. I didn't call you an hour early. We called you nine minutes early. Well, I, I thought I thought I was going on at five thirty. I thought I was going to be able to roost the turkey. Instead, I'm out full camo right now, and uh, I'm working one. But this—that's how important our friendship in this show is for me to take some time and and uh, and join you. 
I, I think you should. Uh, I think you should call that turkey. Is is that doable? <laughs> yeah, that's doable. Hold on. I'm gonna have to go, Richard. He's right on me. He's right on. Do, me. do, you, do we need to call you back? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh man, I'm I was about to say no. Just put the phone down. <laughs> if, if you're about to shoot, just lay the phone down beside you, and we will uh, we'll get after it. We, we want to hear the gunshot on the air. Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, I wish. I can only dream. Yeah. Oh man. Have you had much success Always turkey hunting so no. far this year? What's that? Have you had much success in the woods with the turkeys this year? I haven't been, to be honest with you. I've got uh, to, for me, I, I I think turkey hunting is a social sport. I love to go out with friends. You and I and Obi went uh was last year, the year before. And uh and I, I just enjoy getting out there. If you call a turkey and you get lucky high five and hug and all that good fellowship camaraderie and honestly i don't trust any of my friends to get within uh 10 15 yards of to go sit in the woods with uh, because i don't think uh they've been social distancing like they should and uh, i'm just kind of sitting around i don't know i might get the itch to go by myself the next couple days it's been some gorgeous weather uh but i really haven't turkey hunted or fished i've been kind of I've been homeschooling with my daughter in the morning, and uh, we kind of run the, the IMG Academy over here. We, we, we do schoolwork in the morning, and then we pick a sport in the afternoon and, and go play tennis or soccer or something like that. So it's been awesome, though. There's no complaints on that end. Are you a germaphobe? Yes, absolutely. Like- and my wife is ten times more of a germaphobe than I am. Uh, she was actually, for the 15 years that I've known her, she has always wiped down the plane when we take plane trips with Clorox wipes. And uh, she has been doing everything that the doctors are telling you to do right now. She was doing way, way, way before anybody was worried about coronavirus or flu or anything like that. So she's kind of rubbed off on me and... and uh, uh, that's just how we am. I, look, I'll go out and eat a, a scoop full of dirt in the backyard, but getting in uh, a group of crowded people or, or being around some people with sniffles and coughs, uh, I kind of freak out a little bit. you got to help me out on this, though, because that doesn't exactly seem to dovetail with spending 13, 14 years in Major League Baseball clubhouses and a year or so of Minor League Baseball and four years of college baseball because those are, generally speaking, gross places with gross people who like to play pranks and do things that are not exactly sanitary. And now you're telling me you're germaphobe. So did this happen after you were done playing baseball? Yeah, this uh, this happened with, uh, after my wife and I started uh, seriously dating, and um, and you're right. I mean, look, this is a this is a topic of conversation. It, it, you know, on everybody's radar is the MLB uh, interested in in having a, a shortened season in Arizona, right? They're they're going to try to pull that off, and I, I like you said, I've been in many many locker rooms. I've seen those guys, and uh, I know what they do away from the field. Uh, I've seen guys shave 
uh, in the sinks in the bathroom and not rinse out or pick up their shavings and just walk away. I mean, this is a nasty group of guys, and uh, I look back on it now. Uh, it, it's it's pretty bad. Now, at the big league level, you've got clubhouse managers that will clean up after these slobs, but uh, always, every year, you will get staph infection that will run through a clubhouse. It'll start with one guy that, that's just nasty and doesn't have proper hygiene, and uh, it'll catch on and the whole team will have it. Uh, we hear that all the time. And it may not be reported publicly, but you always have those issues. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, they're, they're pretty filthy. Uh, no one knows what they do when they leave the field. And uh, especially right now at this time, uh, if MLB wanted to, to, to play a shortened season in Arizona, and even if we had the six-foot rule and all that going on, I still wouldn't trust my teammates. Who was your most disgusting teammate? He, he, oh, I can't, I, I don't know if I can, <laughs> I don't know if I can throw anybody under the bus. Uh, we had a, oh, the sta- come on now, the statute uh, of limitations is passed. He, 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 he was, he, I will say this. Um, he, if, if, if I was in, uh, game seven of the World Series, uh, and I was looking for a pitcher, I would pick this guy 100% of the time. Uh, he's got three World Series trophies, uh, phenomenal pitcher with a uh, Hall of Fame career, uh, but one nasty, filthy human being. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Uh, from dipping and, and it dripping all the way down his mouth and him not worried about cleaning it up to hygiene to just just disgusting, absolutely disgusting. But we threw all that away, put that aside when he towed the rubber. He was the best in the business, and that's all that matters is on the field, not in the clubhouse. All right, so you weren't ever teammates of Greg Maddox, were you? He would now that, – that was number – I thought about that as number one. But I because doesn't he have the reputation as being story. like – yeah, his reputation as being maybe the grossest guy ever, and a lot of it was prank-based, right? Uh, a, a lot of it was prank-based, but uh, there was a lot of it that he also um, did on the field, which a lot of guys thought that he was actually cheating. Some guys said it was just a bad habit, uh, but some some – some opposing hitters would always think that, you know, everybody has Vaseline or some type of force, foreign substance somewhere under your hat, under your body or whatever. And um, he, he, it, it, was, it was rumored that his was in an area that, uh, that he frequented a lot on the mound. And um, I don't know if that was hygiene or uh, foreign substance, but he did go to that area an awful lot on the mound. And, um Amongst other stories, he would probably, even though he wasn't my teammate, based on the rumors, he would be number one off the top mm. of my head. Who's the biggest prankster that you played with? Uh, we had man, we had uh, we had some some good personalities everywhere. I mean, the Diamondbacks team that I was on from '98 to '03 had Luis Gonzalez. Uh, at, at a few uh, years, Reggie Sanders, uh, Jay Bell, Matt Williams, those guys, they were, they were all veteran guys in the clubhouse. They did some really, really good pranks. 
uh, not only um, to the teammates but to the coaches as well. One that sticks out was uh, Bob Melvin. Uh, had a I don't know what the proper term is, but he had a, a clown phobia. And Luis Gonzalez, <laughs> uh, one day pregame, brought in a uh, couple rodeo clowns um, and uh, in full gear, riding a miniature horse and paraded them through the <laughs> through the clubhouse. Uh, and and he called a team meeting before that, so everybody was in there, and we all looked at at uh, Bo Mel, and he was as pale as a ghost. We thought he was going to pass out. He couldn't get out of there fast enough. But uh, but when you get to the big league level, I mean they're. You, the, the pranks are more elaborate. They're, they, you know, you can fund, uh, you know, more props, more people coming in at the minor league level. It's mostly when I was coming up. It was the three man lift. That was a big prank where you you lined up two guys knew what you were doing. One guy was in the middle. Uh, you put him kind of in a pretzel hold, and you claim that one player was so strong he was going to lift all three guys at one time and. Uh, you've got a bucket of the nastiest, uh, sloppiest leftovers from the last three weeks in the clubhouse, and you threw it all over that one guy in the middle while the other two guys, you know, held on to him. So it was uh, it was eventful because you're with these guys from February and spring training to November. So you got to liven it up in the clubhouse. You got to come up with practical jokes, and uh, they were they were all very very amusing clubhouses. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to continue with David DeLucci. We'll go turkey hunting for dummies when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, and more right now on the Farm Bureau phone line with David DeLucci, former Ole Miss baseball player, 14 years, 13, 14 years in the big leagues. Ah, who's counting? It was a long time, over a decade. That's impressive, by the way. You know that, don't you? Did you ever... Okay, you and I have had this conversation. I don't know if we should be having it on the air or not, but you told me you never actually formally uh, formally filed your retirement papers. Did you ever get around to doing that? Yeah, you tend to do that the the longer away from your last contract you get. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you can take it either at 45 years old or 62, I think. So I passed the 45, uh, mark. Um, it, you get the, the maximum benefits at 62. I'm going to do my best to hold off until 62, but, uh, uh, I am retired. Um, it was one of those deals, man. Look, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 it was, it was time for me to walk away. Injuries had taken, uh, their toll on my body and, um, my brain told me I had a couple more years, but, but I was done and I didn't need to put out an official statement. I didn't need, uh, to do the, the, you know, um, get recognized or anything like that. So I just went quietly into the night. I didn't file anything. I didn't do anything. And I just went home and, and, um, hung out with my family and, and did all the good stuff that I'd missed out for until my agent finally said, Hey man, you, you know, you kind of need to officially file this thing. And, uh, I finally did. And, and, um, it's all good, but I, I don't regret any of, any of that is the way I went out. Not at all. Well, the, the reason I was asking was, so if you have, what is it? Eight years of service time. Once you formally retire, you get a, this, this gold card 
that allows you to get in free with a guest to any ballpark in America, and they give you the best seats that are available, uh, or at least that's the the understanding. I, did you ever get that? No, I don't. I don't have that. Mm-mm. Nope. I, I guess uh, one day when when um, uh, I decide that that I, I'll go watch a game, which we, we've we've seen a couple Ranger games. Um, I got invited back last year, uh, and uh, we went and watched those. But that was through the Rangers and, and through the Diamondbacks and stuff like that, where I didn't necessarily need the tickets. But I guess if the time ever came, uh, yeah. I would I would call the Alumni Association and ask for that card or ask for the opportunity to, to be on the list. But yeah, we do get we get free tickets uh, to to ball games, and and honestly, man, it's it's tough. I, I think if you asked anybody that is retired from, from baseball, if they can go sit through a major league game or, or watch a full one on TV, everybody would say it's very difficult. I still have, I have dreams at night that I'm in the, in the batter's box and a pitcher throws me a fastball right down the middle and I flinch in my sleep and it wakes me up. So it's still, even though it's been, what, 10 years, uh, 11 years, um, still very difficult for me to, to go to a, a major league game and watch it. I'm telling you, I think you need to see about getting that card. Steve Sparks, who you remember Steve, he was a knuckleballer, yeah. and he mm-hmm. is the yep. the color analyst on the Astros radio network now. He and I were doing a TV game together back like in Conference USA baseball tournament, and he, and he showed it to me. And it's like this gold card. I mean, I'm sure you've got like a black American Express as like your status symbol, but there aren't many people that can get those cards. You should get that. I mean, that's a great conversation starter when you're not being, you know, socially distancing yourself from people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do need to get it. Um, you don't uh, care about I, now that you said that, I'll get right on it. And, uh, yeah, I'm and sure you will. Because uh, I, I, I tend to uh, procrastinate. Um, but, yeah, I'll get one of those. I'll send you a photo. Or maybe That'll we can good. go watch a game together when I get it. How about that? I like the sound of that as well. Yankee Stadium would be my preference, but I won't be picky wherever you want to go. Um, David DeLucci on your radio. He's on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. So you mentioned it a second ago, a couple of years ago, uh, during the youth portion of turkey season, uh, we took Obi, and when I mean we, I mean I drove the truck that brought him, and you basically took him turkey hunting, and I was along to kind of, I'd never been before. So let's say there are other people like me that are out there, David, who think I'd like to turkey hunt or I would like to introduce my five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old to turkey hunting, but I have no idea where to start. So give us turkey hunting for dummies if you're just starting out. So I would highly recommend uh, getting my phone number from you and inviting me over there uh, to, to, to accompany their Do you want me to give that out right now in the air? I'll be happy to go ahead and pass that along to <laughs> hey, everybody. It, it, it depends on if they got good land or not. If they got really good <laughs> land, then you're more than welcome to share it. But uh, if we're just talking about uh, just the, the back 40 pasture, then no, you can keep the phone number private. But uh, I, um, really and truly, uh, turkey hunt is it's a great, like I said, it's a great um, sport a great hunting trip to go out with with a, a a child or a friend or dad or whatever enjoy the woods in the springtime which are absolutely gorgeous and it, it's another good way to to hunt but you're actually 
talking back and forth to the Tom Turkey, trying to get them to think that you're the prettiest hen in the woods and, and you want him to come check you out. And, uh, and, and that's what I like about it is, is trying to trick the gobbler into coming in. And the basic call for a beginner would be a box call. It's the easiest call to use. It's a friction call. Um, I would go to the store and I would go on YouTube and you can listen to whatever you want uh, on the YouTube channel and, and learn the cadence and rhythm of a, of a yelp of a hen turkey. And uh, you want to be out there before daylight. I like to tell everybody before the red birds start chirping and uh, get yourself a, a nice spot in the woods, sit down, listen, enjoy the sunrise uh, and nature coming to life and uh, listen for a turkey that gobbles and you move in close to him, not too close, but you try to close the distance and you start talking turkey. And uh, you got to be in full camo and, and um, uh, be extremely still a, a, Wild turkey is the most difficult game animal in North America to kill. They can see in color. They can turn their head 360 degrees. They have the hearing that can pinpoint you to a tree that you're next to at about 200, 300 yards. Um, just an incredible animal. And, uh, and go out there and enjoy. And, and there's a lot of failure for beginner turkey hunters, but you learn every single time you go. And um, it's it's a really fun hunt. It's it's a beautiful time of the year, and um, it was something that I really couldn't do. Uh, listen, this is the first baseball, first spring that I've been off since I was six years old because of baseball. So my baseball mm-hmm. season overlapped turkey season. I didn't get to do it a whole lot. And fortunately, you had opportunity for me to go with y'all, Ole Miss and, and Oxford and Lafayette County has great turkey hunting around there. Uh, so I got to do it when I was announcing the games, uh, but I missed out on it for, for all those years I was playing uh, baseball. But uh, now I get to experience the, the, the springtime woods and, and uh, the interaction with wildlife and turkeys, uh, and, and it's awesome. And after you master the box call, get you a diaphragm, which is a little more tricky. It's a mouth call. Once again, learn the basic calls, the yelp, and you can move up from there to a cackle and a purr. Uh, and a cluck, and um, go out there. It's a lot of trial and error. Or you can call me up, and I'll I'll call one <laughs> and uh, bring it in your lap, and you can blast it from ten or fifteen yards. <laughs> uh, all right, it, couple man. of couple of couple of quick questions, short answers on these. What is the right gun okay. to use for turkey hunting? Uh, twelve gauge is most preferred, but you can go twenty gauge. I wouldn't go lower than a twenty gauge. Okay, so so. If you're taking a little guy, he doesn't need to take a 410 or a little girl. I mean, it, it, they can. Uh, you got to get the turkey really, really close. You aim for the turkey's head because their feathers are like a, 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 a armored shield. I mean, you cannot penetrate those things with with a shotgun. Um, preferably a 20 gauge is better, but a 410 with four shot or a special turkey load could get it done. Uh, it's all about where you hit. That's the most important thing is aiming for the head and hitting the head. I love that you basically said turkey hunting is like going to a bar and trying to pick up a girl. And yeah. you're competing against all the other guys the that are there. And the sexiest one out there. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, when, when I am conversing with a turkey, that's what I'm imagining in my head is he's got <laughs> all these ladies in the woods to choose from. And uh, I got to make sure that uh, – 
that I'm the prettiest sounding and the one he wants. And some days they want a raspier sound. Some days they want a, a pure sound. Some days it's loud. Some days it's it's soft. And y'all got to you got to figure that out every single time you go. It's different every single time. All right, last thing. When we first got in the woods and it was like you wanted to wake everything up, you hit a really loud call. Was that a crow or an owl? Owl. That was an owl call. I do it uh, with my own voice. It's a locator call. Turkeys hate owls. Owls hate turkeys. And uh, oftentimes what you do when you walk into the edge of a wood line, instead of just go barging into the woods and scaring everything out of the trees, you hoot like an owl. All right, give me an owl call. We're, we're out of time. You, I need an owl. How about that? You're the best, my man. Happy Easter to uh, to Rachel and Ruby, your entire family. Look forward to talking to you soon. Yep, thanks for having me. Y'all stay safe and healthy. All right, hey Dad, you were you were struggling with the animal noises at the end of uh, yesterday's edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. Did you learn enough about the owl call that you can now give us your very own owl call? No. Why not? I, I learned nothing. I, I I just it was very amusing. But <laughs> did I, you like the turkey call at the beginning or the owl call at the end better? The owl call at the end was better. Yeah, that's good. Borky, are you feeling up to uh, giving it a shot? No, but I did learn that there's a uh, rivalry between turkeys and owls today. How about that? Said they don't like each other. Owls don't like turkeys. Turkeys don't like owls. I feel the need to choose a side. I don't know which way I'm going to go. Turkey is delicious, but owls keep mice away. So so which which side are you picking? I, I'll have to think about it long and hard. Okay. That was fun with David DeLucci. Some baseball stories about uh, disgusting teammates. Although he wouldn't rat, have you guys figured out who he would have been talking about? Three-time World Series champion pitcher who is in the Hall of Fame with the Diamondbacks. Well, see, I wonder who was throwing us off with the whole 2001. If I was in Game Seven of the World Series, you know, he was in Game Seven of the World Series in 2001 when the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees. But I don't know if he was necessarily talking about, um. A Diamondbacks player. My first thought, I mean, multiple world championships, Kurt Schilling? Maybe. Was Schilling on the 07 Red Sox team? I don't know. Hmm. Borky, now that I can see you, that was the uh, the worst basketball shot at a trash can ever. You, you turned to throw your water bo- bottle at a trash can four feet away from you, which, by the way, is a great backdrop on the video stream. It's like missed, seven feet away, and I at least hit the rim. He was on that team, so it, it could be Schilling. Yeah, maybe Schilling's the one. Sports Talk Mississippi, C Spire text line is open. Appreciate David DeLucci joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. That number for the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. What do you have to be thankful for right now? Uh, we're talking about this being a day of hope. This is Good Friday as we roll into Easter weekend. Borky told you earlier today, heads up this weekend, if you are in the state of Mississippi, the forecast for Sunday, Easter Sunday, not very good. The potential for some uh, pretty significant storms and uh, maybe even tornadic activity is in place. So heads up on uh, on that front. But uh, send us a message. What do you have that uh, makes you smile right now? 
in uh, what is an otherwise kind of dark time. We got a message a second ago, though, by guys uh, that said would like to uh, hear from each of us um, what we are thankful for and what we are hopeful for in uh, in this time. An- anybody want to jump in and uh, roll with it? You know, we keep, we've been talking all week about positive and negative perceptions. I, I feel sort of positive. I feel like this has been a pretty decent week in terms I, I look, I know people are suffering with this disease. I know people are dying. But it feels like this week has been better than last week for just whatever reason. Maybe it's just my perception of it. I think we're going to all get through this, and I think everything is going to be okay come August and September. I, I truly believe that. Okay. Borky? Yeah, we have had a, a good week news-wise. Um, man, I, I've told you this before, and, and the two of you, and, and Rippy will here soon, um, have been through this before. So I'm an amateur compared to the two of you, but every day is the best day of my life because of my son. And you're you're in a time right now where there's something new every day. There's something new. Like today, he's. I mean, he, he can't crawl yet. He's not six months yet. But when he's on his his stomach, his back legs are trying to crawl, but his front half is not doing it yet. So this morning, I mean, he's just moving his knees and his legs, and he's trying to go forward, but uh, the top half of him hasn't quite figured out that motion yet. So it's something new like that every day, and it's just always surreal. Hey, Dad, would you like to share with Borky the truth about crawling and walking with little people? It makes it so much harder. <laughs> well, that, that they can move. Yeah, yes, that I, I was just going to say more specifically. Once they can crawl and once they can walk, you can't ever unteach that. <laughs> There's yeah. no going back. You don't yeah. get to press pause on it once they uh, once they finally get there. Um, you know, for me, and, and I appreciate the uh, the question. It was just very simply, would like to hear from the four of you. What are you thankful for? What are you hopeful for? You know, f- for me, and I've mentioned this before, I, I travel a lot. Uh, I'm gone from home a lot, and I am specifically gone from home primarily on the weekends. I mean, I have some midweek assignments that are, are throughout, scattered throughout the year. But I'm gone from home about 40 weekends a year. And I miss a lot with my kids. And so because of what we're doing right now, I've been home. I've been home during the school day even. So I've gotten to see them and be around them more. Uh, I've had weekends where we've gotten to go fishing and we've gotten to go on family bike rides and spend a lot of time around the grill and just hanging out and playing and doing different stuff. And look, I mean, This time that we're in right now is not ideal. It's nowhere close to ideal. But if I'm looking for the silver lining in this, uh, getting this time with my almost 10-year-old daughter and my 7-year-old son and almost 3-year-old daughter, that's something I'm never going to get back, and, and I am absolutely counting that as a blessing. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour with you on this Friday afternoon, the 10th of April. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Thank you for being with us on this Day of Hope. It's Good Friday rolling into the Easter weekend. Certainly it is a time where it feels different. We're not going to be able to... uh, As a family, go to Easter Sunday services. The governor has talked extensively uh, about that. Uh, I'm not sure the weather's going to cooperate for a bunch of Easter egg hunts either. So (laughs) 
it, it may be an abnormal Easter all the way around, but we are glad to be with you this afternoon. We remind you that the C Spire text line is open if you'd like to join in the conversation. You can do that. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395 for the C Spire text line. C Spire has partnered with UMMC on the C Spire Health app, and they're trying to cancel COVID-19. For a limited time, COVID-19 screenings are free through the C Spire Health app for anyone in Mississippi with fever, respiratory issues, or other symptoms of the disease. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. Hey, Dad, do you guys still put out Easter baskets? Or does the Easter Bunny visit your house? Yes. Do you take a dad tax at Easter? Uh, The Easter Bunny usually brings me something, so I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I got you. It's usually a bag uh, of uh, mini eggs for me. Like the uh, candy on the outside, chocolate on the inside? Yes, yes, love them, love them. Especially if they're just, like, room temperature where it's easy to, like, crack through and then almost Mm -hmm. it's almost like melted chocolate. (laughs) We're on the same page here, Richard. I like that. Yes, yes. Rippy, does the the Easter Bunny still stop by for you and your brothers? Uh, Seeing as the youngest sibling is in college, no. Yes, I'm. I'm aware of your ages. Thank you. I just didn't know You're if it was fun a tradition today. that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, nah, that uh, that, uh, that uh, petered out a while back. I didn't know if you got like fast food restaurant gift cards in an Easter basket or something. We still like get stuff, but like me. Oh no, no, oh, so you do participate? You just wanted to be a jerk? No, no, no. Okay, I guess I, I guess I. This is a classic misunderstanding again. I thought you, were, I thought you were asking if uh, me, Davis, Walker, and the crew go out and uh, fight each other over eggs in the yard. The, the, we still get stuff. I, yeah, okay, I see what you're going. Yeah, we're yes. good. I wasn't asking whether the Easter Bunny hid five dozen eggs in your parents' backyard. Well, I thought that was know. the Easter was... Bunny's primary occupation, and then you find stuff in the eggs, but people just cut corners and want to throw stuff in baskets instead. Wait, are there some places? Well, I guess the Easter Bunny does sometimes hide eggs, also. I always thought about parents hiding eggs, like, right before or right after the Big Easter lunch. Borky, well, this this will be the uh, first trip to uh, see baby Borky from the Easter Bunny, right? Yeah, but uh, he's still not quite old enough to really know what would yeah, be going just, on. I, I think you keep using that as a cop-out. No, no, I don't. Um, 15 it, years old. I mean, I just, you know, <laughs> I don't know if this is the time to start doing that now. Maybe, Maybe we missed our window. I mean, we can't. Kids yeah, we can't give them candy months. or anything either. Like you have people that. That's well played. I just. <laughs> the math was the most impressive part. I did it on the calculator here. Oh, um, dang. The, I couldn't do that off the top of my head, but I yeah, I didn't know that was a. Uh, so I thought like the east the definition like the Easter Bunny coming I thought that was just implied that like eggs and stuff were hidden I didn't know he just like Santa stocking the thing but a wooden basket. Mm. See, I thought you were just kind of being typical Rippy. No, no, no. I just I I thought you were asking with me with the straight face through this nice little television screen right here if me Davis and Walker were going to hunt eggs Sunday morning. And the answer to that is no. We still get things though. Yeah, I have a Batman basket. I just I'm I'm wondering if if uh, 
Counselor Rippy, Mom, Mama Rippy, happens to be listening. If uh, she's a, toying with the idea now of hiding eggs for you guys to go out and hunt on Sunday, probably not listening. We uh, they're not working today. We had a family golf outing this morning, uh, so but I don't know. I'll run the idea by her. There you go. Get some real eggs, throw them at each other. We didn't know that she was listening the day that you tried to inhale Pringles either, and all of a sudden the lawsuit was almost pending. Someone <laughs> taught true. her the, uh, to the listen live link. Oh, I got you. I got you. If uh, if you want to be part of the conversation again, you can do so on the C Spire text line. Steven says, I still get an Easter basket every year. I'll be 37 soon. Well done. That's good parenting. Again, I'm not how dumping many, on that. How I many just... months is that, Rippy? <laughs> Calculator, go fast, go fast. Close the, close the app already. No good. That is not an original play, by the way. I watched Grown Ups the other night, and the kid that can't stop breastfeeding or whatever, and they're like, how old's your son? He's like, 49 months. It's <laughs> a great line. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what's coming up here in just a few minutes. Buddy Slovic yes, is going to join us. That is uh, the rock and roll handyman. He has his own radio program from 10 until noon on Saturday mornings across the Magnolia State on Super Talk Mississippi. And we're going to ask him questions. Basic or more complicated home improvement projects, inside, outside, whatever it is that you are interested in or need a little bit of advice on, he will be here to answer your questions. Uh, we've got a couple of basic ones that we want to ask him, but we want to hear from you as well. You can text your questions for Buddy Slovic, the rock and roll handyman, uh, to us on the C Spire text line again at 601 879 4395. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. And don't forget the service centers at your local Mississippi Ford dealers are still open. So take that worry out of your life. Let them handle it for you at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. CBS Sports, Barrett Salee, coaches with the most pressure in 2020. Let me give you the, the list quickly that, um, that he has. And then we'll uh, look at whether or not we should remove any of these names or add to this list. Coaches with the most pressure going into 2020. Clay Helton at Southern Cal. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Tom Herman at Texas. Chip Kelly at UCLA. Will Muschamp, South Carolina. Kevin Sumlin at Arizona. Gus Malzahn at Auburn, Scott Frost at Nebraska, Derek Mason at Vanderbilt, Manny Diaz at Miami. Who is on this list that should not be there? I think there's very little pressure on Scott Frost. I think he's got a pretty long leash there. I would agree, I agree with, with that. that. Yeah. It's hard to believe Manny Diaz is in year two. I mean, I know what Mississippi State did. I get that. But, geez. That he's already, you know, hot seating it up. After another rapid turnover that started pretty well. Not that Diaz started well, but like the Mark Rick thing devolved very quickly. You'd think at one point, at a certain point, you just want stability. That's probably in the, is that in the Nebraska, Tennessee basket to where it's like, hey, you can keep pretending, but this is never happening again. <sighs> Seems like it. 
it does. What advantage do they have over anything on anyone? Location? We were cool in the 2000s. I hear a lot of 40-year-olds brag about that. No offense. Hey. Like, I just, like, what, what, what advantage do they currently hold that they don't anymore? Ed Reed, though. Their, their location. They're in the most fertile recruiting spot on the planet. But aren't they third fiddle now? In the state of Florida? Yes. I mean, is there really a difference between them and Florida State? I, I would imagine there's probably not. It is not. such a talent-rich state, though. I mean, even if you're third fiddle, you should still be able to field a roster that you can win with. Then why don't they? I'm not I'm not being like Incompetence why? at the head coaching spot. But hey, is Mark well, Richt incompetent? No. He's not. That's a good point. There might, And there might be that shift that you're talking about with Miami. I mean, how many 16-year-old kids who are being recruited by Manny Diaz right now are familiar with the U outside of the logo? But I'm talking about the years where they were winning titles. I, I mean, barely remember the Larry Coker won a national title in 2001. They weren't born yet. That's the other thing. is Most of Miami's great pros aren't in the pros anymore. Sure. I do feel like it's a little aggressive for Manny Diaz to be on that list. But uh, who was it they lost to last year? It was FIU. It was, it was FIU, FIU on the weekend before Thanksgiving. And that did not sit well. There were Miami fans that wanted to change right then. Yeah. Is there anybody that should be on this list that you don't see there? Not because they're on the hot seat, but I think Jimbo Fisher has pressure to win this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nine or more? Or more than nine? Nine or more would be progression. Okay. Sports Talk Mississippi. The Handyman joins us next. Buddy Slovic. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Friday afternoon edition. This is Good Friday. It is a day of hope on Supertalk Mississippi. We're taking a little lighter approach to uh, much of the news today. And uh, Michael Borky's been wanting to do this for a while, so uh, credit to him for making this happen. Normally, on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, you hear the Rock and Roll Handyman Show, hosted by Buddy Slovic. But uh, we thought we would be uh, bring Buddy to you on this Friday afternoon. Sometimes it's a little bit different audience, and uh, Buddy wanted to bring you in and uh, kind of open it up for some home improvement questions. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well. Uh, but I got a comment before I say anything at all. You guys just have too much fun on the air. <laughs> We have a pretty good time. There is, uh, there's yeah, no does, question does about seem that. that way. It does seem that way. But, yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of a Day of Hope, and I think Super Talk is just doing a tremendous job with this Day of Hope and, and has really gotten a great message out to a lot of people because it truly is a Day of Hope. Yeah. Well, buddy, thank you for uh, joining us. Buddy joins us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. I told everybody earlier that I was going with question number one. So it's kind of that time of the year. Once the the pollen stops falling, I'm going to do my pressure washing for the year. Just trying to kind of get the house, you know, ready for spring, looking a little bit better. Uh, I've always heard you can do like a diluted bleach mix, uh, mix that you kind of use the pump sprayer to put on the house and on the brick and whatnot before you hose it down or pressure washes it. So what's the right mixture? If I'm going to do that, 
Sure. I have, I've been using it. On my show, probably one of the most popular things that's ever taken place is house wash formula. People call every week. But it should be known that if people go to homeanswersnow.com, that's listed there as long as, as well as some other tips and how to take care of things is homeanswersnow.com. But the house wash formula is very, very simple. And this formula is for, it's for a two-gallon garden sprayer. Now, if you have a one-gallon, cut it in half. That's just, and it's a little taller than that, you have to add to it. But for a two-gallon sprayer, what you use is one cup of TSP. And TSP is nothing more than a great cleaning formula like Tide or something like that. Uh, and if you don't have TSP and you don't want to go shopping right now out in public, which a lot of people probably are not going to do, use just a dishwashing liquid, a little bit of that, and then use a quart of bleach. And then you mix it thoroughly and make sure it all dissolves. And then you add the balance of water. And that's the solution. One cup of TSP or some sort of cleaning solution, like Dawn or something like that. And then a quart of bleach and then a, a two gallons of water. And what you do is you spray it on the house. First thing you should do before you do the spraying always is wet down all your shrubbery around the house so that if this formula happens to get on that shrubbery, it won't hurt it at all. Uh, and you put this formula on, let it set for five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, and on a hot day it'll dry really quickly, so you don't want it to dry on the, on the surface. You want to rinse it beforehand. Then you hit it with a garden hose. I'm, uh, I know you don't want to hear this, Richard. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm opposed to washing a house with a pressure washer. I really think okay. it can do more damage than good. Uh, and, and having said that, a lot of people just love their pressure washer to death. I know I was on Rebecca's show about, I guess this week, sometime earlier, and she said one of her favorite things was her husband just bought her a pressure washer, and she is just going crazy with it and loves it. It's great for cleaning brick. It's great for cleaning sidewalks and driveways and all the things that build up milk decks. Oh, it's wonderful on decks. Uh, but really on a house, I think, the wash formula and a garden hose is all you need. And then when you rinse it, rinse the windows thoroughly and rinse the shrubs thoroughly. And once you've done that, your house is going to look, I mean, I do that twice a year at my house. Once when the pollen season stops, which is coming up pretty soon, I hope. <laughs> and, uh, and, and my house looks like it's just been painted, and it hasn't been painted in over 10 years. <laughs> Good news. I will I'll give that a shot. That's a whole lot easier than trying to drag the pressure washer all through the uh, yard and around the house and uh, and whatnot. So uh I'll go with the mix. 1 cup of TSP, 1 quart of bleach, 2 gallons of water, spray it on that. Now, do you wet the house first or do you spray it the the house dry with, hey, on with a hot that day, I'd kind of put a little water on the house and let it drip off pretty much, but you know, but I'd keep it a little bit damp, and then I then I'd put the spray on it. So I, yeah, I would wet it first, but I wouldn't. I would let the most of the water drain off before, you know. I want it to be a little bit wet before you put that spray on there, and then that gotcha. spray on there will kill everything from mildew and mold. And this should definitely be done before anybody starts a painting project. All right. I mean, it's very um, important that your house is to totally clean before you do a painting project. Buddy, along the same lines, John in Oxford wants to know if that formula is the best formula to use if you have painted brick. If you have what? I'm sorry? 
if, if you've got a brick house but it's painted brick as opposed to just you know regular red brick or you know on painted brick, brick it'll probably work fine uh, because the paint has gone into the pores of the brick and kind of sealed them a little bit so it'll probably work on painted brick but really it will not work on regular brick by itself that's where your pressure washer if your brick is not painted then your pressure washer is the thing to do if your house is uh, vinyl siding or painted brick, this is an okay formula to use. Particularly, my house is like masonite siding, which is no longer, I don't think you can even buy it anymore, but it's in super good shape. My house is in good shape, so I take care of it. There you go. Uh, let's see, Jason wants to know how you know the difference between white mold and black mold. That's a tough thing. Most, most times to figure that out, you have to have a mold inspection and mold sent off to like an extension service or somebody like that, and they will tell you whether it's a dangerous mold or not. Now, having said that, it should be noted there's very, very little dangerous mold out there. Most of the mold and mildew we see looks hazardous and looks like it could be dangerous, but it's really, really not. But if you have, the, if you have a question or like, if you've had a plumbing leak inside your wall and you had to tear out some sheetrock and it's been there for like two or three years, it's probably worth getting that mold checked out. And there are two or three companies around that will come, take some of that mold, send it off, and get it tested. And uh, that, that should be done in, in, if you have a, a mildew that's been around for a long time. All right. This is from David in Socher, buddy. He says, I need to build a set of monkey bars and some other kids outside activity things. One, how hard is that to do? And two, where should he go to get ideas? Well, first off, it's a, it, there's two ways to look at this. Is this something we're going to build ourselves or is this going to go, are we going to go buy a kit and assemble it? Either way, there's a good bit of work involved. Um, <clears throat> buying the kits, they're pretty nice, but they're, they're, a, they're a booger bear to install, that's for sure, because I know I've done a bunch of them. <laughs> they're tough to install. But yeah. to make your own, you'd really have to, uh, you know, monkey bars and all that. Planning is the biggest. A lot of builders, a lot of remodelers say the biggest project, almost a third of their project in any remodeling project is the planning stage because that avoids mistakes later and it helps you so much. So he should plan out exactly what he wants to do. As a matter of fact, if he were to go onto the computer in a search engine and look for uh, DIY monkey bars, there'd be two or three people that'll show him exactly how they are built and, and how to do that. And there's probably even a video or three on those on how to get those accomplished. So that's what I would do definitely on that. There you go. DIY monkey bars, and immediately I've, there's a, I've got a YouTube video uh, showing exactly how to do that. So uh, let Google be your friend. Borky, have you got a, uh, a handyman question? I, I know you think you're the ultimate handyman and yeah. the, uh, the kingdom of your yard domain, <laughs> or the, the king of your yard. Definitely a yard guy, not a, a handy guy. Um, my... Oh, my AC works beautifully, which is more important here in Mississippi, obviously. But when I have to go to the heat, it will work and until it gets to about four degrees short of the desired temperature and just stop. And when you try to 
like I'll turn it off, turn it back on. It, it'll just never get to the desired temperature and randomly just shut off on me. AC works great. Heat does whatever that is. All right, say that again. I, I kind of missed part of it. Is this your AC unit you're talking about? Yes, that works uh, flawlessly, but the heat, on the other hand, will cut off randomly, will never get to the desired temperature, and it's inconsistent at best. It sounds like... Um, All right, hold on. Let me, let me interrupt for a second. But, buddy, let me interrupt for a second. We're up against the break. If you can hang with okay, us for one ahead. more segment, we're going to take a quick timeout, pay some bills, come back more uh, with more with Buddy Slovic. He is the host of the Rock and Roll Handyman Show. It is on Super Talk Mississippi from 10 until noon every Saturday. And uh, we're going to try and figure out how we make uh, Michael Borky's heat on his central heating and air unit work when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Quick timeout. Back with more on the Farm Bureau phone line with Buddy Slovic. Back with you, home stretch on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Not something we normally do, but this is fun. We've got Buddy Slovic from the Rock and Roll Handyman Show uh, joining us on this Friday afternoon, a day of hope on Super Talk Mississippi. So we've lightened things up a little bit, and we're taking your home improvement, indoor and outdoor questions. You can text them to us. On the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. C Spire, customer inspire. So before the break, Michael Borky was asking a question about his heating and cooling unit in his home. Why don't you ask it again, Borky, and then we'll see what Buddy's got to say. Got a really good working functional air conditioner, but the heat, for whatever reason, will not maintain temperature, will randomly cut off, and is just generally inconsistent. Uh it really sounds to me like return air, uh, like it's not getting the proper amount of return air, uh, and and that would shut it off. Uh, are you, are you changing your your air filters on a, a thirty day basis regularly? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's being done. Good. And you have one return air or two? As far as I know, it's just one. Yeah, it's probably, in most houses, it's just one, and most times you have to ask for the second one, which I did about a year ago when I got a new unit. I asked for, I said, put in another unit. I want more <laughs> air in there, uh, which helps an awful lot. But at this point in time, I'd be a little perplexed to, to really dig into the diagnostics of that because it has more to do with inside of the unit probably than than anything. Um, I would call someone, like PAC is one of my VIP sponsors, that's Pure Air Consultants, and they they would be happy to answer that question on the phone without charging you anything. Uh, and a lot of most air conditioning or heating and air conditioning companies would. Uh, it, it's probably digging deep into heating units is a little more than I can do. <laughs> so am uh, I answering your question? No. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Borky, do you want to try one more? Yeah, actually, let, let, let's go to this one first. Let's go to this one from David. And okay. uh, we'll see if you've got a response here. How do I get rid of carpenter bees besides using my badminton racket? Yeah, yeah. Carpenter bees, they're, once they find a hole and dig a hole in your wood, man, they're, they're just going to stay there. The best thing to do is to rid yourself of the carpenter bees by spraying something, get them out of a hole, and fill that hole with a wood filler or something that, that cannot be filled again and paint over it. They will attack any raw wood. Uh, generally speaking, when wood is painted or has some sort of 
some sort of water uh, repellent on it, they're not going to bother it. But the biggest thing is get, getting it coated somehow. But uh, they are around, and they are going to try to get in, uh, into your wood somehow or other during this time of year. It happens every year. I have two or three holes in my house that I've filled and, and painted and no longer have them. All right, there you go. So fill the holes. Make sure you get the bees yep. out. Fill the holes and then paint over them, and you should be okay. All right, Borky. Yeah, yeah the paint is pretty much going to do the trick. The paint is going to keep them from coming back again. Beautiful. All right, so I uh, moved into a house in May, and it has a fenced-in backyard, and I share it with my three yard neighbors, so to speak. So we all share uh, the fence, and uh, quite frankly, I just I can't afford to get an entire fence replacement. But it's very old woods; probably hasn't been treated since the day it was put up, and boards are falling apart. I'm having to replace them every so often. The wood being that old and basically deteriorating, is there any kind of coating that would maybe not save it because they're probably too far gone, but at least help in the interim uh, while I save money to actually build a new fence? Yeah, the wood is deteriorating, so you've got a bit of a situation there. But basically, a water repellent, even a clear water repellent, there's so many water repellents like Thompson's Water Seal or something like that, put in a garden sprayer, you can spray that entire fence down, and the water seal will keep water from going in there, which is part of what is creating your decay. Uh, it can't decay if it doesn't have moisture. And when you put a water seal on it, that prevents the moisture from getting in there. So, uh, And spraying with a garden sprayer, and a, a water sealant is not a big deal. It can be done really quickly and pretty easily. Uh, and But that doesn't mean it's not going to improve the wood by any means, but it's going to maybe prevent it from decaying any further. Yeah, you just got to slow it down. That's uh, good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Dad, I know you, generally speaking, at all costs avoid actually walking outside of your house. Like, you'd rather just sit in front of the television and play a video game. But there's got to be at least one project that you need Buddy's help with. Well, here's what I, here's what I would ask, because I'm not a very handy man. So, Buddy, beyond listening to your show, you know, when I think about when I was growing up and you see the, the Time Life books about how to, how to, you know, be handy around the house. You just mentioned YouTube. What are some channels, what are some places you would send amateur handymen to try to, to get good information? Well, first off, there's a lot of amateur handyman around right now, more in the younger generation than there is in the older generation because, well, I'm part of the older generation. I grew up where I was taught by a parent and by other people how to do certain things around the house and how important maintenance is, is to a home, and that I was being taught to regularly, and I learned by watching and have so much respect for master carpenters because they know so darn it's unbelievable their knowledge but if i had to get information today i would again the computer is a great tool you can go to your search engine and put in uh, diy house maintenance and it'll give you a list of things that you can do you can put in all sorts of you can look for just about any project that you're doing in your house you can just about put in the computer and there'll be a video on youtube There'll be a, 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 a paragraph on how to accomplish a certain project. Uh, like changing a, a faucet out, it'll show you how that's done. Uh, changing a toilet out, it'll show you how that's done. And 
that's not fun at all, but it can be done, and sometimes it <laughs> needs to be done. <laughs> so sometimes hey, buddy, to, we roll up our sleeves and just jump in. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes you just got to do it. I, I, I'm curious about this, buddy. So, so we have remodeled a couple of houses, and yeah. the the previous house that we lived in, we did spray foam insulation in the ceiling, and we did it in the exterior walls as well, and the results were okay. But in the house that we're in right now. We did spray foam in, in the entire roof, but decided to bat all of the exterior walls with just normal fiberglass insulation. And I actually think our heating and cooling bill has been maybe a little less, and it's almost like the house has been a little more efficient. Does it make sense if you're going to do the spray foam to like create a cocoon for the whole house? Are you better off just doing it with the roof line and then sticking with the, the fiberglass batting for the exterior walls? I think, uh, this is an opinion, okay, uh, fiberglass, as far as I'm concerned, has been played out. In other words, there are better options, as far as I'm concerned, uh, okay. spray foam being one of them, and so is cellulose insulation also, because when they're put in both cellulose and spray foam, they not only insulate, but they seal up all of the crevices and cracks that, 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 that uh, fiberglass doesn't get. Now, I think why you're experiencing a little less of an energy situation is because you have sprayed the roof. And when you spray the roof, what you're doing is you're keeping your attic from, like in the summertime, it gets to be easily 150 up there. But if you spray the roof line, it's amazing how cool it keeps. And there's no sense in you living in an envelope below that 150-degree area when it can be like 80 degrees up there. It'll, sure. and, and then the fiberglass is, is probably doing its job. I'm not saying it's not doing its job, but I think you'd even exp- you'd experience more of a savings by had you uh, used fiber, uh, spray foam in that in those walls. And that's just an opinion. <laughs> so, so do you <laughs> like the cellulose? I don't want to make all the fiberglass people angry. <laughs> no, I understand that. I mean, do you like that that blown in the cellulose better, or do you like the spray foam better? Well. Well, that depends. Now, I have, a, I have a client all the time that says, every time somebody asks him a question, he says, that depends. And it depends on the cellulose. It depends on who's putting it in. Have they experienced to do that? Do they know how it's done? Because, yes, spray uh, cellulose can be put in poorly, but spray cellulose can also be put in the way it should be put in. And if it's done right and you use, like, a particular product called Newell cellulose, it has a, an insecticide in it. It has a mildicide in it. It has a fire retardant in it, all in the name of borate. Borate is a great, great, great product. Uh, it works for uh, fire retardant, and it works for everything. So I like cellulose insulation a lot. But, again, I would really vet the uh, installer and make sure that They've done this many, many times before, and I would want to talk to the people who have they've done it for and, and, and kind of investigate a little bit. And but while I'm talking about that, it's not a bad idea anytime anybody's going to work on your house to get references of work they've done previously and make the calls to those people. Those people will be tickled pink that somebody asked about work about their contractor, and you'll find out the real truth about what they'll do for you at that point in time. There you go. 
Buddy, really appreciate you spending some time with us. You can catch the Rock and Roll Handyman Show tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock on Super Talk Mississippi. Buddy, have a happy Easter weekend. Man, I hope you guys have a great Easter, too. And, uh, yeah, this is this is a day of hope, and this is a weekend of hope. And, uh, it's, it's a great weekend. Thank you very much for having me on as a guest. See you guys later. Only time will tell.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.